Hi, welcome to Summit Church. We are one church in multiple locations in Central Florida. We believe that your story, told truthfully, is good news to those who are near to God and those who are far from God. And no matter where you find yourself, you are welcome here. Join us in listening to this week's sermon. Hey, what's up, Summit Church? Michael here. So great to be with you today. Hey, we'd love for you to scan the QR code if this is your first time with us. We'd love to tell you more about why Summit Church is the place to be. Well, last week, we began a new short series called Find and Follow. And it's our desire for you in this series to inspire you, inspire you to say yes to the mission that God has laid out in our house, our church moving forward. And we desire to help you understand that the church you're part of and the direction we believe God is moving us toward. Now, as I said last week, I want you to understand what has and will continue to inspire, drive, and motivate us. I also want you to know what we're trying to accomplish so you can put your yes on the table to all that God wants to do in and through you here at Summit. We believe that God has given every Jesus-centered gospel preaching church a clear call and assignment in the scriptures. And what we've done is clarified how we as a house will accomplish that mission moving forward. Now, this series isn't just like a rallying cry, but it's also to honestly say, God, we are so grateful for your provision and faithfulness to to us as a house in the past. And last week, what we did is we asked the question, what have you called us to do that's never going away? It's never changing. And then we asked, what are you calling us to do next? What do you want us to do next as a church family? And so we took time to discuss how our DNA, our house's unchanging fundamental and distinctive characteristics isn't changing that we will continue to be a church that reaches lost people, connects in Christ-centered relationships, teaches truth, serves others, and worships God. Now, while the DNA of our church isn't changing, how we live out that DNA moving forward is changing. Changing not just for changing sake, but so that we can position ourselves for all the ways that God will continue to use this house, this collective for his kingdom purpose in this time, space, and moment of our world. Like You remember last week I talked about how God talked to the prophet Isaiah about the future of his people during a time of hopelessness. He told Isaiah, for I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? God wants to take our DNA and do something new, something that will inspire, challenge, move, and use us in ways we never could have imagined. So we introduce our new mission of how we plan to live out our DNA moving forward. Now, it's not just a catchy phrase. It's not just a pithy statement that looks good on T-shirts or on a wall decor. It's our rallying cry. It's our foundation for why and who we exist for. It's the very thing that determines our steps and our decisions and how we use the resources that you generally provide and how we live out God's great commission. What was true at the formation of the church still rings true now that the hope of the world is Jesus Christ through the local church. Can I tell you, there's no other name by which people can be saved than the name of Jesus. It was true then and it's true now. It's why Jesus's last words to his disciples were, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey 
all that I've commanded you, all the commands I've given you. You see, through the power of the Holy Spirit, the local church's mission is to do all we can to inspire as many people as possible before our time on this earth runs out to discover the beauty and transformative power of Jesus Christ in our lives. That's the purpose Jesus has given the local church. And the question we've been asking over the last year has been, Jesus, what do you want us, Summit, to do with this purpose moving forward? And we believe Jesus answer to us is this new mission. So today, I wanna walk through our mission. I wanna put some meat on the bones, so to speak, to give some gravity to this mission so that you have a clear picture of the why behind why we believe this is the way forward. So here's our mission, and and I'm gonna give it to you again in this big statement, and then we're gonna break it down in four ways, okay? Our mission is to inspire people to find and follow the way of Jesus. Now, the first thing I want us to focus on is inspire people. When you see this, it's easy to assume that this is all one-sided, that it only focuses on what we will do and not what will happen for you. But I want you to see this differently. Our mission isn't only to inspire you, it's also for you to inspire others. There is what you receive and then what you do. And this is for you and to those whom God has placed in your influence. Now, I want you to take a moment and think back to when maybe you were around eight years old and and maybe going all the way to about 15 years old. During that time period, who was the person that inspired you the most? Who was the person you wanted to, to be the most like? So much so that you learn their mannerisms and their likes and their dislikes. You wanted to talk like them and dress like them and walk and replicate their personality and do all you could as much as you to be like them as possible. Who was that person for you? Now, I want to share with you who that was for me, but I'm hoping that you could make me a promise, okay? Promise me that you won't laugh too hard and that you won't hold it against me, uh, and that you won't, you know, just turn your TV or your phone off because you think this pastor is crazy. Okay, you promise? Okay. You remember, I told you, think about a person between the ages when you were eight or eight or 15. Now, for me, that was between 1994 and 2001. And there was no bigger inspiration, no more prominent personality that I wanted to emulate than the most electrifying person in sports entertainment, the people's champion, The Rock. Every Monday night, my family and I would sit around our little TV and we would watch Monday Night Raw and I would lose my mind when The Rock would come out and talk or wrestle. I mean, the way he carried himself, there was just this aura, this supreme confidence in himself. There was no challenge that he was afraid of, no obstacle he couldn't handle. I I, I can't explain it, but this super confident person made me feel better about myself, someone who was the least confident in so many ways. And can I tell you, it was a shame when I turned 15 and discovered that it was all fake. Man, what a day that was. Now, I tell you that because it reminds me that we were designed to be inspired and to inspire. Since the world's creation, humanity has had and will continue to have this longing for something bigger than itself, something that transcends us beyond the here and now. I mean, think about this. When you go to a concert of your favorite musical artist or or maybe to a theater show or or you're in the kitchen and a song from your childhood or college years or early adult life comes on, what what does it do? Man, it takes you to this place, like something outside of yourself that's hard to describe, right? That's inspiration. 
that artist, that performance, that song, it moved you. It took somewhere, it took you somewhere where you couldn't go alone and it inspired you. Let me tell you, the same is true for the local church and those within it. We are to inspire others as we are being inspired. I mean, go back to the very first words of Jesus to a large crowd on a hillside in his very first sermon to the world. As recorded by one of his original disciples, Matthew captures Jesus telling the crowd, you are the salt of the earth, but what good is the salt if it has lost its flavor? Can it make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. You are the light of the world, a city on the hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on the stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Now, for those of us who are Jesus followers, he says that we are the salt of the earth. In ancient times, salt was used as a preservative preserving the most important things. It was also used to flavor things and give food a solid taste. So look at it like this. Salt preserved what was and enhanced what wasn't. That's what the Holy Spirit does in us. It preserves and enhances us to become all that God wants of us. Then we're able to become salt to those who are in our sphere of influence. Our lives, the light in us, the light that did not originate from us, but from Jesus that now resides in us can be shown in our everyday lives. Now, before moving on, I want to communicate what I am not saying. I'm not saying that you, as a follower of Jesus, must have it all together to be an inspiration. I'm not saying that you are to go showboating your life in front of people so that they can see how a good little Christian you are. I'm not saying that you need to go and stand on a street corner with a big, like, you're going to hell, you need Jesus sign. What I am saying is that as the Holy Spirit inspires you to cultivate a deeply spiritual relationship with God, the overflow of that, the light in you, allows you to become a salt to those in your world. You are called to inspire as you are being inspired. Now, what are we inspiring people as we are being inspired to do? Well, our mission is to inspire people to find. Now, here's something Become, here's something that's becoming more prevalent in our culture. There are many people, especially right here in Orlando, Florida, believe it or not, who have no clue who Jesus is and what he was truly about. Now, that's not to say that they don't have a concept of Jesus or never heard of him, but understanding who he was and what he was about is on the decline. You know, when I sit down with people who are still exploring faith and ask you know, who they thought Jesus was, I often get a couple of descriptors. Either he's killjoy Jesus, he's just this angry God who's going to make, who's going to strike you dead and if you do anything wrong and it's impossible to please him and he's this rules-based God whose ultimate mission is to send as many people as possible to hell or for humanity's rebellion. Or he's all accepting Jesus. All he wants to do is make me happy and he'll do whatever I want him to do. He'll accept me for who I am with no judgment. He's okay with me disagreeing with some of his teachings as long as I love him and love people. Can I tell you, that's not the real Jesus. It's just not. The first is a fundamental legalistic version of Jesus. The second is a culturally appeasing version of Jesus and neither is the true Jesus. What would happen if we could inspire people to find the real Jesus? 
What would happen if we could, if we could find the real and authentic Jesus that we read about in the scriptures in our own spiritual walk? How would that change us and those around us? There are many of you who are watching today and you're watching because at some point in your life, someone told you, someone showed you the real authentic Jesus and it changed your life. There are so many people out there in our workspaces and in our schools and in our neighborhoods and in our book clubs and in our pickleball groups who don't know the real and authentic Jesus. One of the followers of Jesus, John, really sums up who the real and authentic Jesus is for me. It's one of the most well-quoted passages of scripture, and it's found in John's gospel, chapter three, starting at verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his own one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. You see, it's an often quoted verse to show God's immense love for his creation. But we often forget that the following verse is equally essential. It says, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Jesus isn't a killjoy God who wants to remind you of all your faults and your failures. He isn't up in the sky waiting for you to make a mistake so he can strike you down and condemn you to hell. You see, he's a God who loves you immeasurably more than you can fathom. He loves you so much that he would give up his life for you without question or hesitation. Can I also tell you that Jesus isn't an all accepting God who is okay with you continuing to choose your truth over his. He doesn't just disregard our failures and our faults. There's a reason he was willing to give up his life for yours. John writes that Jesus came to save the world, you and me. Now, why would he need to save you and me? Because on our own, our faults and failures separate us from our creator and life apart from him is not worth living. We couldn't save ourselves on our own. We actually needed a savior. Let me put it this way. Jesus plus nothing else equals everything. You see, when we find the real and authentic Jesus, it changes everything. And every person here at Summit now and those who will make their way here, we want them to know this truth. In everything we do, we will elevate the name of Jesus above all else. We believe that Jesus is the answer for all of your life. And we want to inspire you as you inspire others to take that step of faith. Why? Because Jesus makes your life better and he makes you better at life. What that looks like is that we will do all we can to inspire people to say yes to Jesus. We're gonna unapologetically through the prompting of the Holy Spirit, pursue people far from Jesus. We're gonna celebrate life change and baptisms like it's New Year's. And we will do all we can to create safe environments where people from all walks of life can come and belong long before they believe and wrestle with the truth of Jesus. Now, what this doesn't mean, just to be clear, is that we're not gonna compromise on the truth. We won't. We will not compromise on the real and authentic Jesus and his truth. The truth of Jesus is a necessary barrier. What we're gonna do is remove unnecessary barriers that are not inspiring people to find Jesus. What we, what we will do, what Jesus instructed the church to do before he ascended to heaven, we will go and we will make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So again, our mission is to inspire people to find and follow. There's this moment 
in the first book of the New Testament written by one of Jesus' disciples, Matthew. And Jesus is responding to a question posed by an expert in religious law about which commandment in the law of Moses was the most important. And listen to Jesus' response. Since Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your mind. This, the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all of the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. Now, what Jesus is alluding to here is that it's not enough to just know him. It's not enough to just be aware of Jesus. It's not enough to just attend church once or twice a month, maybe read your Bible occasionally, pray when things are hectic. Faith is not about having an on-demand Jesus who shows up when we need him, where we need him, and how we need him. Mm -mm. Jesus is saying that God's greatest, most important desire is to give him our whole selves, that Of all we are, we are given over to God that God wants of us. It's why part of our DNA here at Summit is giving ourselves in worship to God. We believe that all we are, all we do is an act of worship to something or someone else. And we believe that someone should be Jesus. We believe that following Jesus will require complete surrender. We surrender our hearts, souls, and minds to the working of God's spirit in us as he changes us over time into who God wants us to be. Now, if you're new to faith or just exploring what it means to find and follow Jesus, we talk about this changing over time using this stained glass churchy word. It's kind of how the, the, the global church has historically talked about this process. It's called sanctification. And it basically means you becoming more like Jesus every day. Follow Jesus. Now, this process of sanctification is us, our whole selves, becoming more like Jesus, more Christ-like in our attitudes and actions. Another way we could say this is that we engage in spiritual formation, where the Holy Spirit uses disciplines and tools to help us grow closer to Jesus. And at the same time, the Holy Spirit is forming us to become more like Jesus. Now, what I want to make clear is that spiritual formation isn't about behavior modification. It isn't about learning stuff and just gaining knowledge. Spiritual formation is the process of growing more in love with Jesus every day. It builds intimacy with him and encourages us to stick with him. Summit won't be a place where you come to just feel good. No, this house will be where the sick come find healing, the dying come find life, and those who find Jesus can follow him to the best of their capabilities. Our desire is to inspire you to move from consumer to contributor in your faith journey. Man, we want our weekend gatherings to inspire you to take the next step towards Jesus, whether that's getting in a group, leading a group, teaching a class, serving in some capacity, taking a one-off spiritual formation class, trusting God with your financial resources and giving generously to the mission here at Summit. Whatever that next step looks like, we want to inspire you to do so as you're inspiring others to follow your example. Okay, so our mission is to inspire people to find and follow the way of Jesus. Now, I've said this a lot, but it's worth repeating. Following Jesus is optional, but how we follow him is not. Now, depending on your theology, we can choose whether we say yes to Jesus, but once we do, we don't get to dictate how we follow his commands. Since the church was launched 2,000 plus years ago, we've seen that if we're not careful, we'll each bring our preferred version of Jesus into how we choose to follow him. 
But Jesus made it very clear that there is only one way to follow him. He tells his disciples, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Now, because of our uh, English translation, we read this as Jesus says he is the way, the truth, the life. But if you read this in the original language that it was written in, it would read, I am the way of or to truth and life. You see, Jesus is the way to find truth. He defines what is true. Jesus is the way to life. He defines what it means to live. You see, the way of Jesus corrects our misunderstanding that following Jesus is about personal piety, you know, being more religious. It's not about following rules, hoping to be on God's good list when it's all said and done. It's not about doing whatever you want, however you want, whenever you want. Jesus says to you and me that if we choose to say yes to him, if we decide to follow him, it will be through his way, not ours. Not what we want to accept or disregard. It's his complete way or no way at all. And we desire to inspire you to find and follow the way of Jesus as only Jesus desire. So let me just tell you, if you're hoping that you're, we're gonna give you top 50 things to do to please God, you're going to be disappointed. If you hope we'll teach you how to get rich and live a painless life, you will be disappointed. If you want us to get political and stomp for your favorite candidate, you've come to the wrong church. If you're hoping our teaching team will, will, will yell and scream about social issues and our lack of action as a global church, we're going to let you down. If your wish is for us to let you live your life how you please, only accepting the parts of Jesus that you're okay with and the desires for the church to affirm your wrong choices, we're going to fail you. But if you're here because you understand that the love, grace, and truth of Jesus is far better than the way of this world, if you are here because you desire to live a life that reflects the true and authentic Jesus, if you are here because you want to cultivate your faith in Jesus with people walking alongside of you, loving you, challenging you, and encouraging you, praying with you, laughing with you, grieving with you, and doing life with you, if you are here because you want to be inspired as you are inspiring people to to find and follow the way of Jesus to truth in life, then you've come to the right place. Can I tell you, all are welcome here. Bring your baggage, bring your sins, bring your failures, bring your brokenness, bring your identity struggles, bring your orientation, bring your marital problems, bring your greed, bring your ego, bring your pride, bring your sexual frustrations, bring your anger, bring your guilt, bring your shame, bring your childhood trauma, bring your broken relationships and your broken friendships, bring your church hurt, bring your lack of trust, bring it all to the feet of Jesus. Because I promise, this church, this house will do all we can to inspire you around the simple truth that Jesus and his way is far better than anything this life has to offer. Now you might be watching this and you might be thinking right now, you know what? I wanna follow that Jesus. I wanna follow that Jesus that is real and authentic. Not the Jesus I've heard about and not the Jesus that I may have created in my mind. If that's you and you're ready to say yes to Jesus, can I tell you, it's as simple, it's not easy, following Jesus is not easy, but it's as simple as admitting that you need Jesus, that your life apart from Jesus is not the life you should be living. To believe, believe that Jesus is the son of God and that he died for you and choose today to say yes to him 
all the days of your life. If you said yes to Jesus today, can I tell you, all of heaven rejoices and so do we. We would love for you to let us know so that we can come alongside of you as you take this step in your new faith journey. Jesus, we're so grateful for you. Grateful, God, that you have given us this mission that you've called to get out of our, called us to get out of our comfort zones, to get out of being consumers of church, but be more contributors to your great mission, God. Lord, we pray that in all we do, that in every decision, that in every action, every conversation, God, it comes back to the fact in the foundation that we're just trying to inspire as many people as possible to find and follow your way, Jesus. We pray this in Jesus' name and the house said. Thank you for listening with us today. You can also watch our video services on YouTube or at summitconnect.org and check out our show notes to link to our website and follow us on social media. Now go in God's grace and peace. We hope you join us next time.